Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. Hello everyone, welcome to the 62nd edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Michael Bailey, I hope to find you safe and well. On the way, shooting for the stairs, for and loathing, and speaking words of wisdom, Weber B. We will work through all this and more with our guests this evening, former Norwich City press officer Ben Mounser. Hello Michael. And Canary Songsmith and Joker, John Rogers. Oh, I hate that. You know, I hate you that. You do it, but I'll, I'll say, hello, Michael, how are you? I mean, you did ask me which one you wanted to be tonight, so uh, I, I will update that intro. We're going to have secret discussions after this pod, and I'll come back with something that doesn't involve Joker next week, which I think is fair enough. Um, how are we doing? Thanks so much for joining us, uh, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure. Uh, John, you've got a resplendent Northern Lights background. I don't nice, turn around, it? it's Zoom. It's, it's, uh, it's yellow and green as well, isn't it? it which is. is perfect for podcasts, I found. Beautiful work. Well done. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? How are you, Ben, as well? I always think we have to like bounce to you rather than to as a triangle. This is be- This is like fartball. Send it to Ben. Exactly. So I'm going to say I'll ask how Ben is as well so we can cut the middleman out, which is you, Michael. Okay, I've, I've received the ball in possession. Um, I'm good, thank you. Um, I think there's only one. I think there's only one joker in, in, out of this triumvirate, though, after that intro, Michael. Um, pun heaven. <laughs> I mean, quite quite short notice, to be fair. But um, at least we've ended our triangle with a bit of creativity, I suppose. So we, you know, we nailed it. How are you, Ben? Though you do need to answer the question. Did you answer the question? Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm excited. Love it. This is symptomatic of lockdown now. I lose track of what I'm saying and what I've heard. So it could make for a really good next forty minutes. Um, Glad everyone's all right. Uh, Before we do crack on. The Champions League returns this week and Norwich are not involved this season, remarkably. But there's uh, no better time to sign up for our unrivaled coverage at The Athletic until February the 25th. What a day that is, by the way. We're offering new subscribers a half-price annual subscription. That's less than £1 per week for an entire year. To redeem that limited time, only offer. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. That's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. And if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review. And the other thing I've got to uh, flag up here, this Friday, which is the 19th of February evening, we have our Norwich City quiz. We are raising money for uh, Prostate Cancer UK, which is, of course, a fantastic cause. But as well, on top of that, it's open to subscribers. You can sign up as well. If you're not a subscriber, just go to theathletic.com forward slash PCUK. It's a Norwich City quiz. It's been put together and will be hosted by myself and NCFC Numbers stats guru number wang chief steve sanders we've got some absolute beauty questions there for you guys to answer and uh, we want to find the most knowledgeable norwich city fan the winner will win a signed norwich city share and a place to go through to the grand final for the athletic and a chance to win one thousand pounds and through all this we will be match funding any donations we raise ourselves at the athletic for prostate cancer uk 
So uh, you can sign up. It's free to enter. It's on Friday night. It's going to be a wonderful night. I can't imagine what anyone else is possibly going to be doing on Friday night because no one can go anywhere. So sign up for Norwich City Quiz. It'll be a laugh. If you answer really quickly, you get loads of points. So I think you have to get the answer right. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a cracking night. Sign up and we will see you there on Friday. I know I'm looking forward to it and I'm pretty sure Steve is too. And I, I can I'm going to reveal now, exclusively on the podcast, joining us on the night will be Dean Ashton, Simon Lappin, and Adam Drury, a trio, maybe more, but they're the three for now, a trio who have literally no idea what they're letting themselves in for on the night. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> but they're going to give up their time and we'll get to speak to them as well during the course of the night. It will be a cracking evening. Join us for the quiz, the Norwich City quiz. That's on Friday night. That was very good. I, am, I was impressed by that. It actually sounds like something I'd want to do. I'm a rubbish at quizzes, though. Doesn't matter. Join in. But sign shirts and thousand pounds fun dean ashton what blimey it's fun join in we'll see you there, people play, people are playing on their own aren't they so i'm, in, I'm interested out of those three players which one we think might perform best on norwich city trivia i mean if, if there were people who wouldn't know norwich city trivia it's driving me to be norwich city players <laughs> which ones would struggle with getting on the on the like live on is it on zoom it yeah. is live on Zoom. I'll be hosting. You don't have to all be okay. on Zoom. And so then... which one of those three do you think will struggle the most to getting on? Oh, in the first place? Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm... can we discuss this afterwards? I just want to make sure they actually come on. Oh, that's all right. They're, all right. They're, they're human. They don't mind being, being fallible a little bit. Michael, are you going to take lessons from Jackie Weaver in the way that you handle the... <laughs> Potentially. Handle... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It depends. It depends how people deal with it. They'll know my rules by the start. And if... It's like Daniel Farker. If, if you don't play by my rules, you're out. You know, you're off to Reading on loan and you have to deal with it. Um, join up to the quiz, everyone. It's going to be such a brilliant <laughs> night. I can't think of a better way to spend a Friday night at the moment. <laughs> um, I tell you what, let's crack on, shall we, with this week's headline act. Yes, I wrote, um, in fact, I documented my whole match day on Saturday on Instagram which um, was a bit mind-blowing in terms of the effort. And it was about 13 minutes worth of content by the end of it. So sorry if you followed all that. Um, but those who were watching that will have, will have known. Did you follow it all, John? I watched every single minute of it. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Well, but I guess. Well, that's right. commitment to the cause. A good job I put yeah. it up in the pod. Um, Very good. Uh, we, um, those who would have watched, such as John, would have known before kickoff what I was going to write about. Um, after the game um, and before, which was Norwich's shooting. Um, you can read the piece on The Athletic right now. Uh, I think the things I learnt were that Norwich were hideously profligate um, for every game this season, apart from the, not every game, but certainly as a general trend. And then Ben, again, Stoke, they found their mojo. So was it deliberate? Have they found the magic path or did just Stoke give them a massive helping hand, which is basically what Michael O'Neill said afterwards. Yeah, I think Michael O'Neill's got a bit of a point. It's interesting, actually, because I, I don't know, I wouldn't have thought we were as profligate as that article showed. But then I guess the point of the article, Michael, was that we weren't making, or the, the chances we were missing weren't necessarily the really good chances that we need to create in order to score more goals. So that was, that was, the, that was the basic basic conclusion of the article, wasn't it? Oh, fantastic. Yes, yes, yeah. it was. Don't doubt yourself or me. <laughs> so can you, can you be really profligate if you're missing chances that maybe you shouldn't be definitely scoring? Well, this is this was the fascinating point about the, the game, having this piece and then this game taking place, because it got to 13 minutes and I wrote a note saying this feels really profligate. They've had lots of really good opportunities and they haven't taken one. And actually, I think there was one from Emmy Buendia where he sort of scuffed it, but the rest were all quite hard. They were in decent positions, but maybe the player wasn't facing the right way or the ball wasn't quite where it needed to be. And actually, they were quite hard chances. They didn't they had a lot of good opportunities, but they didn't miss anything clear-cut. The one really clear-cut first chance they had was the one really that Todd scored I think maybe apart from the Emmy one before so um, I think that sort of shapes it but yeah essentially Norwich don't create they create a big volume of quite difficult chances and so you can then appreciate that the conversion rate might not be very good which is why you look at it John and you think well if you can create the same rate of chances but make them slightly better ones and convert a few more of them then you know con considering all this is with Norwich basically being top for most of the season anyway we're talking about pretty small margins to to finish the deal really 
Yeah, we don't we don't really ping long balls into the back post and hope for someone. We, obviously, we had Jordan Hugo was doing it for for one game before he got injured. But apart from that, we don't like ping balls into the back post and try and win second balls. We kind of score those clean goals. And we, I mean, Todd's goal was extremely brilliant, as we all saw. Not just the play, but the actual finish and everything. And also Emmy's goal, for, you know, with a cutback. All our crosses are cutbacks, aren't they? Basically, people attacking in around that penalty spot area. But uh, I said those chances are, are difficult to score. I mean, that, that Todd's goal and Emmy's goal were really difficult chances. They weren't like a simple. T- obviously, you've got Pookie's tapping and the penalty. He would take them two out. But the, the goals, the two goals that we scored in between, they were brilliant goals and they're difficult chances, as you said. So we like to score. We might we like to make make football games harder for ourselves, don't we? We look like we're gonna we're doing better than we should do then when when, when we do win because we've scored harder goals. So we should have more points. That's what. We're, that's what I'm going to say. I love that stylistic points. Yeah, I mean, art art costs effort. <laughs> they could hold like hold up like nine point nine for a goal. So if you, if you get a good score for a goal, we get an extra point at the end at the end of the game, maybe. Oh, I, don't, I don't mean the I think, regulations um, would let anyone else in, but there we go. It got me thinking, Michael. Like, why? Like, why has this happened? And actually, if you think of, uh, back to a lot of the matches this season, where teams have have defended often with three at the back or five at the back, really, in, in very deep positions. So it's it's a lot harder for Norwich in those matches to get into the positions where the chances they create are considered good chances, I think. So therefore, they're more likely to, you know, try or have attempts that wouldn't be considered good chances. God, I'm, I'm really talking in kind of athletic speak here, aren't I? <laughs> it's just because of how much you've clearly been reading, Ben, I know. which I appreciate. Right. But I mean, credit here to Daniel Farker, because he set out, well, three elements where they wanted them to really improve. I mean, to help improve their goal scoring. One of them was keeping 11 players on the pitch, which <laughs> even with Emmy on the pitch, they managed to do. So that was good news. But, you know, the, the way that they did, I mean, as I said, the, fir- the first goal is a, work, is a work of art because it's come right from basically on their on their own byline um, deliberately because they went backwards to the byline before they started again. So they did create that space. And you could sense from that goal, it was the first time they really had the, the momentum and to then drive and almost turn Stoke around, which... I said it's very different to the chances they were creating, say, against Swansea. But they do seem to have Stoke's number a little bit. And Stoke did kind of press and get a bit caught at times and didn't necessarily do what they were trying to do uh, that well, Ben. That's the thing. I was surprised by Stoke's press. Um, and I think the, the, the Nor- Norwich's first goal is is um, sort of an example of where they, they were pressing high up the pitch and Nor- Norwich played out from the back and then moved the ball up the pitch quickly. But it was it was the tempo of our play in the final third, I think. We can talk about individual performances from that game. Um, but I think it was the tempo of our of our sort of cohesive play in the final third that really impressed me. And especially John spoke about not putting crosses into the box, but in, we, notably in the game against Stoke, we did put more crosses into the box. Like when Max Aarons was getting into positions, he, he wasn't afraid to, to stick it in the mixer as they... Um, as they say. So, yeah, I think it was an interesting kind of switch of switch of emphasis um, brought about. Yes. Yes. By Norwich and also a bit by the way Stoke played as well. Um, and, and John brought by Emmy Buendia. Um, I did write a piece, obviously, on the Athletic. Uh, it's just laying out all the stats in terms of Norwich and Emmy Buendia and what he means. And all the caveats are in there. It's not it's not necessarily straightforward, but he, you know, he is as good as Norwich have. So maybe no surprise they've just scored four when he came back into the team. He's one of the best players I've seen playing in, in Norwich. I mean, everyone knows that. I think what's, what he brings, and you can look at stats and how what he, I know the goals and the chances that he makes, etc. But it's a case of him keeping hold of the ball in really important areas, just for a little extra second. So players can make a run and it, he won't necessarily can, can find him, but they can reset because he can still, he's got the strength and the skill to hold on to that ball just that extra few seconds longer so people can reset and another runner can make a a, a good run like Max Aarons is available then or you know or Vrancic comes closer etc it just it's just we didn't we, that's what we were missing against Swansea definitely someone just to hold the ball for a little bit longer just to kind of calm things down a bit and start another attack because we were losing the ball so quickly against them and it was we never had a chance to kind of restart you know another attack because we were, we were trying to defend as well and obviously it's hard work you know the, the closing down yeah, winning those high turnovers is something I think you guys pointed out, Michael, after the Swansea um, game as a strength of Emmys, and that was really evident in the game against Stoke as well. But also what, what his presence on the, on the pitch brings out of his teammates as well. Cantwell had a better game. Pukki had a better game. Max Aarons had a better game. Mario Vrancic was good as well. It seems like when, when Buendia plays, everybody else rises up to another level as well. 
I think that's a great point because um, the two elements there, I mean, Emmy had very limited uh, input into the first goal. You know, it basically came through the the whole team almost, but that didn't matter because he would have been keeping people occupied, even if he didn't touch the Mm -hmm. ball. And uh, one of the things my piece on Emmy Buendia did really highlight is the difference in Max Aaron's when Emmy is and isn't on the pitch. Again, the sample sizes, there are caveats, but the fact that Max did pretty well um, on Saturday is probably... um, Certainly in part due to Emmy being back in the team. Um, momentum. Can I just say, Michael, can oh. I just say, Michael, on the, yes. um, you, you talk about shot conversion. Yeah. Um, so obviously we had 16 shots against Stoke, four goals. That's a 25% shot conversion. Um, if we, <laughs> I don't want people to get too excited by our quality in the final third against Stoke, because if we have a 25% shot conversion rate, if we'd have done that from the amount of shots we've already had, we'd have scored 116 goals. So a 25% shot conversion rate is... Oh, just very, very high. So, no, no, it's yeah. pretty, I mean, pretty realistic. Pretty realistic. Yeah. yeah, just, uh, just. I mean, too good for the championship. Um, spe- <laughs> speaking of momentum, quite nicely. Um, I mean, I, the, the, one of the things that confused... So, look, I, I, I came away from the Swansea game. We had a good conversation about it last week. I was a bit worried because I felt it could go either way with, you know, how Norwich reacted to that defeat, which I think was fair enough. I didn't think they were suddenly going to finish 11th. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a, a curious case. And clearly... Brentford and Swansea were in tip-top form, great momentum and very good sides that will be challenging. The bit I didn't really understand is that after um, the sort of the Brentford one in midweek, I was seeing a lot of people saying, well, Brentford will run away with it now. And I couldn't really get my head around that because I was like, well, no, but they might still, obviously. <laughs> but it was interesting to me, John, how Norwich fans kind of went from, oh, we're, we're doomed to, well, clearly Brentford will now run away with it. And I didn't necessarily see that. There are, Brilliant team, aren't they? Obviously, clearly, the, the, the run they're on there is astonishing. They've got goal scorers throughout their team. They've got the best striker in the division this, this season. And I don't think there's many other clubs around there who don't want Brentford to go up. They're kind of one they've never, never been up before, so it's got to be, be an interesting team to go up to the Premier League. But I think the, the biggest threat to us is Swansea. I think it'll be us and Brentford that'll be on the top two. I don't know who will win between the both of us, but I think Swansea's the one we need to watch. And they're the ones I hope will kind of drift away slowly because I don't <laughs> think Brentford will. I think they, I know they lost against Barnsley, but Barnsley, we know Barnsley are doing really well this season. Carlton Morris. Kind of often not, not necessarily get, yeah, not necessarily getting their results that they would want throughout. I, I think even like the, the Chelsea FA Cup game, they deserve more. I think it's between us and Brentford to win it. And I hope, I think that Swansea might be the one that drifts away slowly. There's like a, a swan. Like a, like a dying swan. There, um, there's a great piece from uh, Tom Warville, who is an extremely talented young man, on um, how Brentford are their Premier League club in waiting in terms of all they do on the pitch. Ben, are you de- desperate to see Brentford in the Premier League? They've won the league already, haven't they? So we will be. Um, I mean, I, I <laughs> yeah. personally feel like one of the people who... I'm not that fussed. I mean, it'd be great to see them in the Premier League, but we have to be very careful of narratives. I mean... It was yeah. the squad that took them there, you know, took them to the playoff final last season. It cost them 30 million quid. I mean, that, that was miles off um, what Norwich did when they won the title a few years ago. I, it, it does frustrate me a bit when fans, you know, Brentford win a few games, we don't score a few goals and, and don't win a few games and it's it's all a disaster. And, the, and now obviously Brentford lose at home to Barnsley. We thrash Stoke and it's, it's kind of gone completely the other way. I think... I'm going to take something out of the Daniel Farker playbook and just say, you know, keep a level head throughout this madness. But I also think what we see on social media, which is admittedly, you know, probably for all of us, where we get a lot of our kind of perspective and we gauge fan opinion is not a true representation of our fan base. And I think a lot of people, a lot of Norwich fans are probably very reasonable when it comes to forming opinions on whether Brentford are going to beat us to top sport or Swansea are going to finish above us. Like I, th- I think they're, Social media is the place where the more extreme opinions are aired, and it and social media is a it creates a vacuum for football opinion. So like you can you can opinionate on there twenty four seven, and sometimes people feel the need to say their opinions all of the time. I'm going on a massive rant here, but um, <laughs> I'm going to end my point there. But I don't know name if you some guys. Names. Are... We want some juice. Come on. Name some I'm not, <laughs> no, no, I'm no, not no. going to name any names. We know how these platforms work. The more the people who comment more, the people who tweet more are the people whose tweets you see more because like, John, you, John you don't tweet opinions about football come on I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have any 
I think, um, I mean, especially when none of us are at games as well, or as fans anyway, obviously I'm in a horrendously yeah. privileged position, but um, yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of having supporters there, that's does kind of then add an extra load of importance onto social media, obviously. Uh, I, Michael, I saw how cold you were this weekend. You were not in a privileged position. I was lovely and warm. I was watching it on iFollow. I had Chris Gorham in my left ear. I had a beer in my hand and you were watching it All with right. your numb fingers oh they were yeah, beer in your right ear <laughs> so many layers on and none of them worked i guess i probably just going back to brentford probably just don't like thomas frank that much <laughs> just 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 a football but he's doing a great job so okay, um, michael yeah, I'm, just, I'm just being i, li- I like how we've, we've finally got after a 10 minutes to vote we finally got got down to the real truth here <laughs> michael just doesn't yeah. like thomas frank no it is not not in a particularly bad way i just it just um I don't know. It, it, was he mean to you? No, no, no. Perfectly happy. Um, and it's not like I don't like. Well, I did say I don't like him, but you know, it's just, it. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, I don't know what the answer is to there. I should probably end this myself. But there we go. Um, we can't wait for the Brentford game that's coming up on in a few weeks' time, um, which will be um, loads of fun, and we'll see where we all are when that one uh, arrives. Obviously, this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I tell you what, let's move on to the things we are not going to talk about. These are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, but we are only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about them. Make sense? Good. And we only have three minutes to do it. So cue the dramatic music, please, producer Ollie. Right. This week, we are not going to talk about, well, I am not going to talk about concussion subs, um, which uh, is because I I strongly agree that they should be brought in as soon as physically possible. I then got a bit confused with the fact that Ollie Skip sort of got back to his feet after taking the blow in his eye and, and you know, looking as if he was completely concussed. So I, I can't work out if I overreacted and was harsh on, on the decision that was made to keep him out there, but then he clearly had to come off after a couple of minutes anyway but i do wish football would just bring it in because i think we we all know too much now to have someone carry on if it looks uncomfortable um so i want to say that but we're not going to talk about it as a discussion um anything you don't want to talk about john um i I don't want to talk about the fact that we are clearly and absolutely going to get 100 points by the end of the season Um, what's the name of the boat? I can't remember. Yeah, no, we're not going to talk about the boat. Um, I love that. We're definitely not going to talk about that. Ben? I'm not going to talk about February transfer rumours about our players potentially moving to the European champions. Oh, Max Aaron's, though. Yeah. Someone's definitely peddling that one. What, what, what's the inside line on that, Michael? Is that a thing? No, I, just, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> it sounds like... It sounds like, it sounds like it sounds like his agent, and but I don't want to talk about it. But it, sound, it sounds like his agent and Bayern Munich are clearly having a discussion about well, how would we get Max out of Norwich um, in the summer? Norwich probably don't want it really discussed at the moment, but they've already been pretty open about discussing. You know that it may well happen if someone bids a lot of money, and thirty-five million quid would be a record fee by what ten million pounds. <laughs> so in terms of a sale, so. Um, uh, we were going to talk about this in a bit, but it certainly adds a different dimension when you get to... I, I, I struggle a little bit to reconcile selling a big player if Norwich go up, because then how on earth do you find a player to deal with the Premier League if you've then lost one of your best players? that comes. With I selling. agree, Michael. I, I do agree. But I think in the case of Max Ahrens and Emi Buendia, I think whatever happens this season, I think it's going to be really, yeah. really tough to hang on to them because yeah. they are that good. 
you might right. be right but against it depends who comes in i mean yeah if Bayern munich come calling what do you do if uh you know if if um well i, don't, I dare pick a club out but if someone comes in for amy wendia you know and it's the right club then what do you do about it but and there i think there will be in, in the backs of those players minds the thought that what happened last time we were in the premier league might happen again yeah so but i mean so how how did Norwich progress out of that? Because are we literally saying that the progress is 35 million quid and well, you probably get relegated, but hopefully we'll get more than 21 points this time. Uh, I, you know, it's just all I'm saying is, and probably flag up um, the uh, Financial Times piece on, on Norwich, which is really interesting, well worth a read, and it's freely available to read as well on, on, the, on, on the interweb. Um, but, you know, this battle of what Norwich's actual goal is, is, is you've got the model and there's the infinite game and we're going to talk about Stuart Weber in a bit, but... You know, um, it's not straightforward, and it's a it's a discussion and a conversation, and a, there's no answer, <laughs> which is not <laughs> which is a bit unsettling. I can't think of that happening very often. If we went up, got promotion, and we lost two of our best players, that doesn't happen very often, does oh. it? I can't. Oh, sorry, John, I cut you off, but I mean that 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 is a massive difference to. And I know I completely agree with what you said, Ben. So I'm not arguing with you, but yeah. it's, that is a completely different circumstance to going up last time when you know they were the two best players in that team and you're going up with what a worse team but then maybe they'll be able to recruit better players maybe they've already got an idea of who they can recruit I mean, people someone said oh well maybe Bailey Mumba will step up which is fine but you're then throwing him in to the Premier League having not even really played properly in the championship you know anyway we weren't going to yes. talk about that and the I've got I've got um okay. go on well I don't, don't know if there's any time left Michael but I've got do another it, thing I don't do want it. to talk about which is Kenny McLean's passing in his own half in the last two <laughs> matches. I honestly cannot think of a, a player in my time watching Norwich who hits bad passes with such conviction. You know what I mean? Like he is incredibly um, sure. He, oh, he is absolutely. And this this one <laughs> to Stephen Fletcher, it was hilarious after his, the chance was missed. His celebration of, of doing it. It was like, oh, his arms went like Mr. Mr. Tickle, like, like his arm went all wibbly wobbly. And then he like ran off and still flapping his arms around the place. I, I'm all for that. I think that's good. I think we need more of that in, in football games. I think we need more comedy reactions to when people do something really bad. I mean, I'm not he, kick football post. Like, I want, I want a dance or something. <laughs> Give me some entertainment. There's a definite visible shake of the head. And uh, I don't I don't think I've seen a reaction. I mean, it's great when you have a pass like that. And I guess when they're played back to goal, you generally have the player's reaction facing you, facing the camera, so you can watch it. I think yeah. the last time I saw a reaction like that was Russell Martin against Liverpool when he played the, oh, the back pass oh, and his face was like, oh, oh, what have I just done? <laughs> but I, um, I think both him and Yanulis, who obviously played the, the poor pass for um, Nick Powell's goal, they, they both seem to look up and then play that pass. Yeah, yeah. Which... No, that was the thing. <laughs> I'm just going to play it to that guy in the white and red stripes. Play it. Oh, no, no, that wasn't the pass. You're right. It's just remarkable. Um, Two quick things. Yeah. One about there wasn't a very good celebration from, from Yanu so after doing that pass. I was quite disappointed about his <laughs> probably no real reaction. But maybe it's something because there's no people in the crowd. It, it melded into the into the greens, <laughs> green, the bright green seats. What would you have compared. liked? What would you have liked uh, Dimmy to do? And that oh, in, a, in somersault, maybe some sort of like cartwheel when he did, when he did it, or yeah, the seat, uh, seat of the worm, maybe <laughs> bring a, break out the worm after doing. There's a maybe good, should, yeah. Well, I, I was gonna say a good scope for a Mike Dean sort of run and point. Yeah, exactly. Something good value. Um, uh, Well, yes, um, Norwich's defending was one thing I wasn't going to speak about. Uh, Fair play to Yanulis for his reaction because he produced a very good um, assist and actually played quite well. It was just he condensed all his bad stuff into one pass. (laughs) It was a weird. It was a weird. Yeah, he was good. He he had a lot of energy, I think, um, and he showed certainly better quality on the ball than he has done in his in the two games previously. It was a strange kind of defensive performance. I think there's a case to say it was one of is the game grant hanley has looked most kind of unsure in this season mm-hmm. it's, it was just um yeah i don't know i don't know what it was but um fletcher, yeah we looked a bit out of sorts what was it john i would say it's fletcher he's a bit of a handful isn't he he's... he is he is indeed um angus gunn's return is the only other thing um it was nice to see him back but hopefully he'll get a nice reception next time right let's go on to centerfold Stuart Webber did some media 
um, this week. And I think um, you can read the piece. Uh, there's some really good stuff on um, on <laughs> Max Aaron's and more, <laughs> Ben Coffrey and the lot. We won't maybe get stuck into that. But I think, Ben, you had the same thought as me when you realised that Stuart Webber was, uh, was, had chosen the week just gone to do some talking for the first time on the record in eight it's- months, by the way. Really? Oh, that's a long period of time for Mr. Weberson not doing any media. Yeah, I, I, I have noticed that when the general mood, I think, among the fan base is relatively low. I'm not going to say it's low, but it's relatively low when you're in the position we were in. Um, he does seem to come out and give a kind of state of the nation kind of address. And once again, he gave some some really kind of good quotes and I think some original thoughts on things, which Stuart Weber always does I think he kind of says says a couple of things to people go oh yeah that's a really good point he's the man to take our club forward without a shadow of a doubt and I think it's very a very clever media strategy from him and the club to do that but yeah it, it it's just all about Aaron's and Buendia really like in like and, and the strategy going forward with them him talking about we want players to move to and, and go and play in the Champions League and we feel um what did he say he, how he felt about the Pritchard and Murphy's transfers I think he said it pains him. It pains him, yeah, which I think was a bit dramatic. But um, it's interesting that he felt the need to say that because, again, you wouldn't hear a club talk about sort of former players in that, in that kind of um, way very often, would you? I mean, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of money in those players. I think, I guess the yeah. problem is that I don't necessarily think Jacob Murphy wanted to leave to go to Newcastle. I don't know, although it was maybe it was a big move for him in fairness and... And Josh was getting a bit of stick. Alex Pritchard definitely wanted to go to the Premier League and didn't want to hang around. So, and it's what thirty million quid's worth of of, of revenue. I, I'm surprised the pain wasn't more for like Marley Watkins and you know, I don't know the ones that sort of like Ben Marshall that yeah. you know who I had yeah. hopes for and things like that. But um, I guess all these things depend on which way. And you, right, I picked up on how it there does seem to be a fresh line each time, which he um he does do. He does do very well. Did it settle you down a bit, John? Not really. <laughs> that was a bit Norfolk, wasn't it? Not really. Um, no, because I've, I've, I've heard that tone before. I've seen the way he does things. and It invigorates some people. Well, not me. I mean, I was never worried. Also, we were top of the league. I mean, we, we, only, we dropped from top of the league for about, what, 48 hours or something, or whatever it was, for three or four days. We're back on top of the league again. I was never worried. And that was a long way to go there. So Mr. Weber saying a few words to kind of get people a bit excited is not going to make me excited, unfortunately. John's fully on the 100 points, 100 goals um, train. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's why <laughs> we'll have to just wave at you there, John, <laughs> later. Uh, you can read the piece with Stuart Weber on The Athletic, of course. Go do that. Uh, you should also read Adam Crafton's... Um, well, I don't know what the word is. You just have to read it. His piece on Justin Fashion, it's quite something. And uh, also, I did a piece on Sensible Soccer, which um, I spoke to John Hare, who's a Norwich fan. He created Sensible Soccer, which is basically the greatest football game ever invented. That's not even my take. That's that's other people's take as well, and people who really know their take too. Um, I loved playing Swast as a kid and I have lovely memories of it. Um, I hope you did too. If you did, go and read the piece. Um, there's also, a, they've set up a new game on mobile, which is Sociable Soccer. And I started, as a result of having writing the piece, I've started playing Sociable Soccer. And it, it's good fun, I have to say. <laughs> I don't know if I should say anymore, but it's really good. Uh, so there we go. Anyway, uh, read the piece on Justin Fashion and read the piece on Swast because they're great fun. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Right, it's time for John Watson. This is almost fantasy football. 
This is Just Like Fantasy Football Indeed. We are recording as we usually do on Monday evening, uh, but it's a busy week and a big week. Norwich are at Coventry on Wednesday night, 7pm kickoff. I mean, I say big week, it's not as big as a couple of weeks ago, but um, Coventry on Wednesday night. And then Saturday's exciting visit from Paul Warren and his inform Rotherham side. I'm a massive Paul Warren fan, by the way. So what I want us to do is paint a picture of the forthcoming seven days. And then what we are doing is giving you guys out there the valuable gift of hindsight as you laugh at what we've come up with. Uh, and it doesn't have to, uh, it does not score predictions. I want the, I want the good stuff. I want, you know, who's going to be the next one to play a horizontal pass across um, the box. Hmm. Um, you know, what will Kenny do next? <laughs> That's what we're so, um, paint the picture guys what's going to happen at coventry which is of course actually at birmingham <laughs> who wants to go okay well we're, we're gonna it's not going to be as easy we're, they're going to get behind the ball for about 65 minutes people are going to start getting snarky on the on the internet and then <laughs> finally we'll get some sort of breakthrough maybe a penalty pookie will miss it and we'll get even more snarky until the eighth or ninth minute when someone sticks into the top corner from 44 yards via like when they know when you do them crosses and he's tried to be a cross but it also creeps into the back post are we talking so about swaths like again that, <laughs> yeah and that is what it's going to end one nil and we'll go yeah hey, what's nothing to worry about is that going to be kenny and is it going to be in the right goal uh it will be in the right goal and it will be by max aarons of all players oh 35 million pounds oh. worth of goal there exactly <laughs> love it and they're going to sell it a beautiful picture night. haven't i yeah that's a beautiful picture they'll sell him that night and we'll all be done Ben? I think I'm going to go, um, I'm going to contravene what John said and say Timu Puki will score. I think given everything I heard about his training performance last week and the amount of shots he was taking, his performance against Stoke on Saturday, I think he'll score his first goal away from Carrow Road this year. Wow. Well, yeah. Crumbs. Love that. First goal for Tim. Um, Off his side muscle. (laughs) His side muscle is going to be so recovered, he's going to side it in. From a Emmy Boyd here his... back heel. No, a Mario Vranch's back heel it'd be because um, I don't know if you guys know, but fifty percent of Mario Vranch's assists this season have been back heels. <laughs> is that is that a made up stat or is that genuine? No, no, that's a genuine stat. That's, Four what? assists, two back heel assists. I mean, he's always been good playing with his back to you know the striker. <laughs> um, so, wow, there, fair play. Right, will Mario Vranch's yeah. play? That's a big question. Norwich's number ten issues. Oof. Um, yeah, well, I think I think it was it was um, as good a performance as any number ten has played for us against um, Stoke Francic this it. season. Yeah, true. I reckon um, Ollie Skip uh, might play in goggles. I think, hmm. uh, like, but not um, like the goggles my little five year olds got. So like the the sort of snorkel goggles, but they're really massive. Nice. You know, maybe even like telescopes. Isn't that a thing? Telescope football. Ollie Skip will basically be on the St Andrews pitch playing telescope uh, binocular football that's what i mean but no, not telescope the two telescopes tied together because they couldn't find a pair of binoculars and uh, and not only that he's going to score i don't, don't ask me <laughs> yes. with his binoculars you... <laughs> what's binocular football is that so I mean, am i going to read a four thousand word think piece about this on the athletics no, i think that's like, i don't think you'll get through the editors uh isn't that where you play football you're wearing binoculars so that the ball is you can't see the ball properly I'm pretty sure I saw that on a Japanese television game. Are you, uh, are you okay, show. Michael? I'm, I'm worried now. I think like the intervention needs to happen. Lockdown day 564. <laughs> that is right, isn't it? That is how long it's been. It'd be, it'd be better if you turned the binoculars around because then you, you see it. All, but, like, no, but that right, might be what they do. Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, right. If anyone is aware of what this is, then let me know. <laughs> what do you mean if everyone's aware of what it is? You've just made it up, haven't you? You can't mm. make something up and ask people to, make, to understand what's new. Wait, you wait. Right. Someone's going to tweet us a video of what I've just binocular football. Anyway, um, what about Rotherham? I think I think Paul Warren's <laughs> going to do a lap of honour. I, I think this might have been said the last time we played Rotherham, um, but one one prediction is that there will be forty eight mentions of the fact that Paul Warren is a Norwich City fan oh, and he's brought in Norfolk and he loves the club and does he what? though? Really, I think it's just for show. Do you think? Is he even <laughs> from he- here? Has anyone noticed? Does he like? Is he a fan of every other team that they yeah, play at the time? Great point. Has anyone noticed? Oh, the lads, puts on, the, lads puts on the regional dialect and accent as well. <laughs> yeah. 
He's, he's, like if, we, if we were a QPR fan, he would have gone, oh, I love the R's. Like, I mean, I've been there since I was a kid, Loftus Road. The point, um, this is worth noting, actually, Rotherham were at Bournemouth on Wednesday and then at mm. Norwich on Saturday, which is, is probably not ideal for them. Um, you yeah, watch because... it, mate. You, you watch that Paul Warren presser before the Bournemouth game. He'll wheel out that Bournemouth accent. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he'll be like, cherries. Oh, he'll be having a lovely time. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to play for them. Yeah. It's like he doesn't yeah. want to be a manager, isn't it? Huh? Doesn't he? Mm. Really? <laughs> no. I say all this as a massive Paul Warren fan. I will keep saying yeah. that. Um, I just he think he's he such great. a superstar. And his bobble hats are good as well. Uh, and, you know, you should go and read the, the columns that he did with The Athletic over the first lockdown because they're, they're brilliant. Um, him and James Chester, who, of course, was the last visitor at Carrow Road and didn't have a great time of it, did uh, James? But there we go. Um, nice. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, exciting. Well, to make a, ser- to make a serious point, um, for once, <laughs> well, p- people are kind of looking at this, this run of fixes now, saying, "Oh, you know, it's a real good opportunity." But Coventry and Rotherham both gave us really difficult games earlier in the season. Um, we were lucky to get the win at Rotherham with a penalty in the last minute, and then we drew with Coventry. Lucky against ten men as well. Paul yeah. Warren wasn't even in the dugout. No. To be honest, John, if you want your hundred points, it's going to need to be six six points <clears throat> and probably. Six a couple of five nil wins. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, two yeah, five nil least. wins. Yeah. 25% shot conversion rate. And Doable, 50% of them will be yeah. back heels from Mario Vancic. <laughs> um, Kenny, Kenny McLean <laughs> out there in a red shirt. <laughs> um, well, I think we've literally solved everything that's going to happen over the coming <laughs> days. Enjoy listening to that and seeing all of that come true. Or maybe, you know, maybe we'll have our own 25% conversion rate. That's it. That is time for On The Ball this week. Uh, if you're yet to do so, I can't imagine why, uh, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad-free to subscribers of The Athletic via our app. Uh, please leave a review or a rating if you get the chance and spread the word of our efforts across the Norwich City world if you so wish. And if you can also get in touch, ask us a question or propose any topics to discuss, just sing me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. In the meantime, a big thank you to our guest tonight. That is Ben Mouncer. Good evening, Ben Mouncer. Thank you, Michael Bailey. Uh, John Rogers, that was also you. Thank you so much, John Rogers. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back next week for another On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, never mind the danger. We're clear. How exciting. Ben John. Not that's two separate people, obviously, not Ben John. <laughs> Welcome to Wits End. Welcome, all you Twitterkers who are still hanging in there. Um, I hope you enjoyed that podcast of randomness. What a, it what felt a, like a wit it felt like a wits end like pod. in to, in like totality, that pod, didn't it? We've it gone full wits end. Wits end. <laughs> We're yeah. at our wits end officially. <laughs> Right well, now, this is good. we got to this point. I can properly talk. Whoever's done that website has spelt my name wrong. <gasps> Could be deliberate. They're trolling you, John. I think it is deliberate because they know how heartbreakingly over the top I am about <laughs> when people put an H in my name. Oh, so twitterkers.co.uk is the official twitterkers wits end website as long as they don't do anything wrong which case we just disown it immediately because it's not anything <laughs> to do with me so the but, issue uh, is including now, your name john the, the issue is now if i hadn't have mentioned it it would never have been changed however if now i've mentioned it they're going to put the h in capital or make it or they'll do something That's extra a good point. extra h e whatever they do i can guarantee i will read it out in next week's <laughs> wits end um well, there we go. Visit the visit twitterkers.co.uk because it's an awesome website um, and see what they've done to John's name. It's a rubbish, um, it's a rubbish website, officially a rubbish website. Um, if you have stumbled across this section of the podcast for the first time, uh, well done. Um, if you're wondering what's going on, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live. That's a long time ago, isn't it? I think I say that every week, which went live on September the 8th. And it's all explained there. You can email this part of the show directly at 
the email address, which is twitterkers, twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. Uh, or you can use the hashtag twitterkers on Twitter. Just don't say why you're using it. Um, I must uh, must admit, um, I got some challenge challenging me in my video verdict. That is a new wits end thing. You can challenge me to do things um, in my video verdict, and then I might do them. Uh, I must confess, I was going to say chillax in my video verdict this week. I remembered as I went to record it to say it, and then I forgot to say it, and I couldn't do anything about it once I'd done it. Um, so that's postponed for Coventry when I will say chillax, uh, providing someone reminds me. No, I will. I will say chillax. So that will be the um, that will be the plan then. Well, I did if have you didn't do it, Michael, I think you need to do something extra with the chillax. You have to like say in a, in a funny accent, say chillax. What spell it or like chillax or something like that? I mean, you want to do it like that? Chillax. Yeah, chillax. Chillax. <laughs> okay, well, that'll be. Really what are the um, what are the circumstances where you wouldn't say chillax now, Michael, in that video? Like, what if we lost ten nil and oh, no, that would resigned? Be, that would be brilliant. Because yeah. what what would you do other than laugh at that? <laughs> You would not be laughing. You would not be laughing at that. You're still focused. I tell you why, when I probably wouldn't use it would be if, um, uh, you know, we had Keith Stroud as referee. That's probably when <laughs> I, I, say that. I, I'd be in full. <laughs> what was that? I've just watched literally. Yeah. Um, bring on the robo refs. Um, I did want to, on the hashtag on Twitter, uh, I shared Premier League players Twitter feeds. They're going through all the debutants um, to ever make a Premier League debut in, in order. Which is amazing. Uh, number equal number three thousand one hundred forty-two is Jos Hoyveld. Yes, <laughs> Jos. Probably your favourite player of all time. That's what I've ascertained, Ben. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely. Such um, an amazing player. Is there anything here? Uh, how many Premier League appearances do you think Jos Hoyveld made, John? Um, was it a, a substitute appearance? I don't know. It just says Prem apps. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe he played a few on. games for Southampton, right? In the Prem? I can confirm it is more than a, it is a few. Yes, I can confirm oh, that a few. I'm going to go accurate. for 47. 47. 12. Lower than 47, Ben? 47. 12. Higher than 12, John? 32. Lower than 32, Ben? Oh, 26. Higher than 26, John? 30. Lower than 30, Ben? Oh. 28. Yes! That's probably the best game I've ever played. Well done. Speaking like a true Jos Hoyveld superfan. How many goals? Oh, no. Um, 57. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. None. Well done, John. That was much quicker. Um, fantastic. What a great... We're going to do that again. We are rapidly running out of time, and I'm going to have to apologise to Charlie Bowkett. I will read your email next week. Oh, <laughs> no. Poor Charlie. Paul Clinch, uh, he got in touch the other week uh, to say that Chillax featured in a question on Pointless. I was like, wow, I didn't get a chance to watch Pointless back. But what Paul did, because he's just a superstar, he um, tweeted with the hashtag Twitterkers a, a, a screen grab of the question, um, which was, um, it was, the, I don't know, I don't watch Pointless a lot, but it was the round where the, there's a word with gaps in and the thing is what it is. And obviously you have to do that. And the clue was to calm down semicolon to take it easy brackets c gap i gap l gap x i mean who wouldn't get that right yeah uh, paul, paul lambert yeah grant holt yeah cody mcdonald um so yeah uh chillax there we go i obviously i'm gonna have to say that next week paul thank you for taking the screen grab um as we said we we've assumed that um Alexander Armstrong listens to the podcast because he's a massive Norwich fan and has filtered through that that would be a good question for Pointless. And that's how that's ended up. So if you're listening, Xander, tonight, hope you're well. Um, <laughs> I'm currently Googling Cody McDonald. If anyone can tell me where he plays right now, you win a 50p piece, brand new. Is In my still old playing? job, that was. Yes, he did, have a, he did have a serious knee injury, though. Oh, um, he had a great now. career. Uh, 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 Cody did really well, I think. Not according to this, he didn't. Oi. Stop that. Um, he plays um, for Ebbs Fleet United, everyone. There you go. Good club. Mm. And he's 34 years old. Well, yeah. no, no, he's not. No, he's 22. 34 years old. Ooh. Nothing wrong with that. That's, a good, that's, that's young. Uh, Owen Huggins also got in touch. Um, he said, do your match day review with cutting to each corner of the ground and not mention that you've done it in four different places. Now... I would be quite up for that, but the actual physical ability to do that is, is quite, they're quite strict on where people go at the moment, as you can imagine. 
Um, I'm not sure all four corners of the ground would be in the amber zone, which is what I'm restricted to. But Owen, I'll I'll try. I'll do uh, some sort of theme. I'll come up with that maybe. Didn't Grant Hanley? Um, didn't Grant Hanley walk past in your latest video? In inst, if that was on the Instagram, wasn't it? Was it was it on the Instagram stuff? Was it? Yeah, maybe. You were watching. I that. just I just imagine what um, twenty two. I think it was. Grant Hanley thinks when he sees you like speaking to your phone. I don't know. I just have a. I just have a. I think we all know. I, I can imagine quite using. clearly actually what Grant Hanley would think. Yeah, yeah. I think we all know yeah. the word he'd use. But then I deliberately <laughs> kept recording because I just wanted him to sort of appear in it. <laughs> so uh, which I achieved. Um, I think we're done. Um, the one thing I was going to bring up before I give you some uh, Emmy other business. Uh, we can call it. It goes back to Emmy other business because Emmy was suspended for last week. Kenny stepped in for Kenny other business um but he's obviously now banned for playing stupid passes so <laughs> any other business it is and i'm just going to play this song uh, from ibrahim amadou for ibrahim amadou that never got um never got regaled i think in 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 the stadium see if you can think why amadou do do sits in front of the back four amadou do do when he's there you'll never score on the left on the right wins the ball i guarantee amadou do do keeps us in the premier league yeah didn't but um there you go. That's the song that should have been sung by supporters, but never got to be. Ben, have you got any, uh, any other business? <laughs> I, I just, I really, I, I really just want to keep talking about that Kenny McLean pass and the Yanulis pass. It just, it was hilarious, like properly hilarious. Well, we can't. Are we allowed to be serious on this on this section at, at all? You can do, yeah. We've run out. We we we've quickly now because we're really really quickly. I think uh, this is my final important point because I don't make any of those normally. I think if Yanis had been in the in the in the ground with a full twenty six thousand fans and he had done that, I think he might have shriveled because there'd have been a lot of angry old people going, go forward with it. And when he hadn't have done that, I think he wouldn't have been able to set up. So basically. Being in lockdown is a good thing, and that's why we won against Stoke. You know what? That, that's a great argument for how Norwich actually adjusted to life after relegation so quickly as well. <laughs> uh, Dan Barden in goal in front of a big crowd and might have been different. We don't know. That was a good, serious point, John. Well done. I finally got one out, didn't I? <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, um, we're done. John, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Ben. Be careful. <laughs> thank you. I will be. Ben. Pleasure as always, careful? Michael. Thank you. I'll be very careful. Good. Careful. I think we should all be careful. And if we can't that's be for, careful... That's for everyone. It's for you. It's for everyone. Yeah. Be careful. Thanks. I was, it was, I was quite sinister, actually. But, you know, if we can't all be careful, then be Sensible. lucky. Yeah. Good night. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.